Good evening, friends. Welcome back to the front porch. My name is Dennis Rogers, and I'm joined by the one and only Michael Daniels. How's it going, Mike? How's your week going? Uh, Merry post Christmas, Dennis. Yep, yep. We we we're, uh, we're this, in our this will air, I think, past New Year's, but uh, we just had yeah, our Christmas last, weekend. Last episode of 2020, first episode of 2021, depending. All on right, this ma- Merry New Year, everybody. Yeah, it's it's December 30th for us. This won't go up until like the fourth or something but well you know what this means that means by the time this is airing COVID has been cured we are all out yep, to the bars yep. having house parties now game nights all, are back all on pro- all problems solved all bars open all i'm excited this is what a great day this must be for the future <laughs> yeah well you know we got we not, not to get too real world any but we got vaccines happening and hopefully across slowly across the world and there's always bumpy roads and politics that'll play into that but it's nice to think that there's not just hope on the horizon but we're starting to see it uh my fiance got uh, vaccinated today and that was a a really cool happy wonderful neat thing to to see happen and two of our friends as well at the same time happened and you know you and i probably won't have one for a while but that's okay and it's pretty neat no no so is there an app on your phone that lets you tap into that tracking uh chip Oh, no. I, I actually was hoping that it can help me turn on and off the lights at night instead of having to talk to Alexa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. I mean, Some Bill Gates of... is in pull these days. He can do that, right? I was... Uh, so my brain just went down a weird uh, trail, but I'm sure you remember the clapper. Yeah, right. Uh, right. I never had one, but... I didn't. I always wanted you know, one. Old commercial thing. You clap and your TVs turn on. Your lights turn on and off, whatever you plug into it. Right. Um, I had hoped that I could set up uh routines or or triggers with my echo device using non-english words so that you know it would be sort of encoded so that people you know other people couldn't accidentally interfere with my my home automation and uh it's not like you can change the whole device to be a different language but you can't set up trigger words that aren't standard normal english words which i was <laughs> made me a little sad Ah, right. Yeah, I I wish that someday they could they could change the the a lady her name off to instead of just the two other r- random options that we got. Wow. Yeah, it can be it can be Amazon Echo computer or the one I won't say in case people are listening with speakers. <laughs> they're they're just if they got their set to the other things now they're kind of screwed. But besides that, true, true. <laughs> that's yeah, that's on uh, you. I can I can only do so much. I, I do like that uh, they um, have started to. Um, uh, make where she you can have her say things that you want her to say like programmatically and of course people are using it for the worst kind of things but there's some good ones i've seen like the uh you have the star trek thing you know where where you have her say like red alert for you know so and so to the bridge mm-hmm. and I, that's really cool when things happen uh, so that we're, we're, we're living in the future still we're, we're true. doing okay true. no so, flying so cars, did you get everything but... that you that you wanted for uh for christmas did that santa bring you all your stuff <laughs> um i got I got some, uh, I mean, our, our gift, uh, thing is scaled way back. Um, I gave my, uh, brother and sister-in-law and my nephew, um, the, the quilt I made for him for his first birthday. It happens to be very close. His, his first birthday is actually today. Um, that didn't work out that way for any of the other nieces and nephews. It just, when they're about a year old, somewhere thereabouts, I've made all of them a quilt they're up to i should know this off the top of my head there are seven and 
uh, another one on the way from one of my siblings. I won't. I won't tell you who. Surprise. <laughs> <laughs> one. One of them. It's coming. It's coming. One of them. Yeah. So, um, but I don't. I haven't posted any photos. I don't. I generally don't while I'm working on them because I don't want to spoil. You know, the parents are usually on Instagram or whatever. But mm-hmm. I'll post some photos and put a link in the show notes if people are interested in that. It's a nice. Chicago Cubs uh, quilt, full size uh, bed quilt. But that was my my big Christmas highlight. My I had cool. my brother, who's my nephew's dad. Um, I had him in what we call mystery gifter or secret Santa. And so I got him a shirt that says Pawnee, Indiana parks and rec and a um a amazon kindle gift card because he had some books on his list but they were from 2018 and i was like boy i don't know if he still wants these books if he's gotten them already you know how wish lists mm-hmm. can be they get yeah. kind of stale and i'm like it'll be easier if i just get him a gift card and then he can get the books that he yeah, wants that he wants himself <laughs> yeah yeah you know i i give gift cards a lot of of, of shade but Actually, as as I start to get older, I started to think more and more like gift cards are a great idea. And I think that uh, people who get them really do appreciate them every time they get them. Right. I don't I don't think about it as like, oh, a gift card to for thirty dollars. Um, no, you know, right. No, everyone's as, like, as long oh, as great. I'm going to go buy my thing. As long as it's not something weird. Right. Like you're I don't know, you, you get your boomer grandparents a dave and buster's gift card or something you know? <laughs> I, I don't know that just random off the top of my head my um my best uh gift card gifting sort of experience is um our buddy cogswell when he and his wife got married i got them gift cards to uh the game preserve the favorite local game store in in bloomington and adagio tea uh which is a a site that i use and our buddy pete and i know uh, Brian does as well. And sometime after the wedding, I got a thank you card and he wrote out and described like what they bought with like, <laughs> that's what interesting and what games they got. And I was like, cool. That's like, you know, it, it comes back and I'm, I'm part of that whole, you know, I don't know, circle of life is a weird thing to say there, <laughs> but that, that was how it felt. Right. I was like, oh, cool. Like, you know, that, very that often good. you yeah. give a gift card and it just disappears into the ether and you're like, well, I hope they got something cool and fun and didn't just right you know, i don't like, want him to go and buy bread and milk and cheese with it yeah you're right right i mean right. I, I, you know obviously i don't want anybody to go hungry but no no yeah, no but you, you, you know what i mean gift. it's like you, you want, you want it to be, be cool and, and yeah yeah exactly exactly yeah i i think like a, a gift card to like a game preserve would be perfect i think that that's something that you know is, is especially for that that situation you you know that that would be appreciated but uh, mm-hmm. If someone did that for me, they'd be like, "Oh, you know me. That's great. That's just as good as a present would be for me." Like, you, you know exactly, where I want to exactly. go. Exactly. It's it like those the, those two gift cards were more thoughtful than some wedding gifts I've given other people. Just because, yeah, I, yeah. If you get you know, if you, know, if you, now, if you give people a Target gift card, that's that's you know, <laughs> a, a little bit different. Uh, the the mall. Yeah, the um, I, I uh, I'm an adult now, so I don't I don't get presents the same way that I did when I was a kid. Right, yeah. Um, I'm mostly the the present giver these days but i uh yep, yep. i do give myself a gift you know this year i gave um uh i got myself a pawnee indiana tour guide book nice amazon it, it's fantastic and i absolutely love it it's it's really thick it's <laughs> like an inch and a half thick or something it's pr- it's pretty big did you send us a picture of that when you yeah got several it? of them familiar it's, to me okay it's yeah. dense yeah it's, it gets so much information on pawnee indiana <laughs> um for those that don't know, that's the the fictional city of uh, 
Parks and Recreation show. Yeah, that's uh, almost my entire family are fans of that show. I have a I'm looking at a poster right now on my wall. It's a big kind of abstract poster of Pawnee National Park. Nice. Uh, from the finale, it's got a got Ron Swanson with his canoe there. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, that's those are neat. And, I, and while I will occasionally read this one, I'm going to I'm going to put it on my my end table so that, you know people can see places in Indiana that are nice. Yeah, and yeah. It, yeah was... it's, it's pretty cool. I had a random I had a random bit of nostalgia the other day. One of my younger siblings said something about Far Side Comics. Oh man, and, that's old. Right. And it took me down this nostalgia trip of like, do you remember going to maybe this is not a thing that everybody did, but I feel like I did. I mean, I know that I did and I it feels sort of universal like you'd go to somebody's house and Somewhere like on their coffee table or in a basket, like between the the couch and a um and a recliner or something, they'd have a basket of books and magazines. I remember that when I was a kid. Yeah, sure. And it seemed like almost everybody had at least one of either Farside or Calvin and Hobbes in like uh, sure. the the big bound volume, and some sometimes paperback, but still a big because they'd have the whole um the whole strip from the newspaper would be in this book and you'd sit and sort of flip through them. Like while you're waiting for somebody to, to well, get that's, done do, doing something or that's, it. that's for the, that's for the younger generation that, that, that does like, why would they, why would they do that? Why would they have books like that? Well, the reason was because they didn't have phones. We didn't have phones. To yeah. Do that's, stuff. that was, that was the thought I was getting to as I went through, I was like, I was like, well, I know dad likes far side comics. Like he used to have, you know, he's had page day ones and I don't know that we ever had any of the big volumes, but my sister, um, Sarah had several of the Calvin and Hobbes at one point. She maybe had all of them. Um, and then I thought back to, you know, I mean, as recently, recently or whatever, but when I, as when I was in high school and probably for a few years after that, because I, you know, smartphones weren't until 2008, I'd been out of college for, uh, five or six, seven years by then. Yeah. Um, like that was what you did. You had, you know, people had books and you'd take out a book and look at it while you were waiting and, and, you know, just hanging out or a couple people were talking, like you'd grab a book and start flipping through and, and do, and it's like, <laughs> you know, this is a little, uh, you know, whatever that sort of nostalgia thing, but, um, yeah, like now everybody has phones, so they don't yeah. do that. And of course, if you're if you're not very thoughtful, the way that I'm overly thoughtful, um, you might blame the phones and say like, "Oh, people don't talk anymore; they're just facing their phones." Well, I can attest from personal experience that before we had phones, we sat around and looked at books. Yeah, by yeah, ourselves, we, like I would, I would we, we didn't the have <laughs> we didn't have any more meaningful conversations than we do now. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's 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 literally that that's why people would have, you know, the newspaper at the at the diner or newspaper at, you know, yeah. dad was reading the newspaper on on the the armchair or something. You know, we just did that instead of, of stuff. Or or you'd go and do some other kind of thing. It's not like th- it's yeah. new, right? Yeah. Now like, we, now it's just everyone has access to that newspaper and the one they want. Yeah, I mean, I you know, I don't know, we're down a rabbit trail here, but I can't imagine, <laughs> you know, like the density of conversation that you and I have when we're doing this show, like, can you imagine that just all the time? Like every time you're with another person, you just have constant conversation going. There's no way that that would be 
anything right. meaningful or or anything. Just, there's so much noise. Yeah. Uh, to that. Yeah. Right. And you know, there, awkward silence is a natural thing, and we don't always have we don't always have something to say. Right. It's true. It's true. <laughs> so it's, to, to make small talk is is not as meaningful either. Um, yeah. So we yeah. we did have uh, even speaking though of not having things to say. Yeah. Do you want to do you want to talk about uh, some movies? Yeah. So we considering, considering we've had a, a busy week with the holiday still, we we did have a lot of things packed into this week. Um, a couple that we had scheduled, a couple that we hadn't. And I know that we both kind of did. Um, so today, yeah, we're recording late. So we had a, up a talk where we talked about time. the new Disney show that came out it was called Soul. Um, we oh, talked yeah. about there uh, was Pixar. Wonder Woman 84 launched. That's a whole thing on mm-hmm. itself. And mm-hmm. then we had our overdue talk on willow you want to talk about willow first since we that's kind of a week over yeah that's um it's been a couple weeks now since i saw that so i don't i don't know that i have a lot to say here um a couple of the thoughts i had while watching it is uh the, the one that we said last week i was struck by just how star wars this movie is yeah um very and and i realized that there is an entire genre or maybe subgenre at least a subgenre of of movies like this that are i don't know kid fantasy maybe yeah yeah teenage teenager fantasy i mean for teenager, sure teenager teenager yeah. fantasy i mean we have we have young adult movies now but yeah. and that's very much a young adult movie i think and, and for Those people are, who are screaming at their at their iPods or iPads or iPhones listening to this, yes, mm-hmm. we realize that it was made by by uh, George Lucas. He did write this, and he wrote Star Wars. Right. Yeah, right. Um, but yeah, that's that's what it's, it's geared towards. You know, the Goonies crowd. The um, yeah, and so there's the Jones, and and probably. of course, you know, because it's been part of my life for the last two years. I'm thinking about our poster. I'm like, what did we do? I mean, Goonies sort of fits into this genre. And so does E.T. to an extent. Yeah. So um, my first sort of reaction was like, oh, we didn't see any movie like this. We didn't see Willow or um, NeverEnding Story. Yeah. yeah. Or um, um, what's the one that you always play? The, uh, uh, Legend. Legend. Or. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Man, Legend. Yeah, right. Uh, Lady Hawk. Yeah. Um, there's. One these are definitely squarely something. i mean they're, they're they're good for young people and old people but but they they are like magical if you're in between the ages of 14 and 18 i think the dark crystal was another the dark there's crystal. like this yeah, whole Labyrinth. genre and i'm like how did we not pick but of course you know between goonies and et like we're we got a little bit of a little bit of both and it's the classic like what do you pick in this whole in this whole sure. subgenre of movies like i have never seen legend or dark crystal um but i've seen this a handful of times uh, i've never seen labyrinth that's another one i, I forgot yeah um and what's the well, other this one, one this Lady one Hawk. is this one is the different. most fantasy i think of all of them probably I, I, I mean it's got it's got all of the stuff it's got the dashing you know rogue character it's got the underdog type stuff and um wizards and knights and stuff like that but i don't know i i this has always been a a romantic kind of memory for me and and i think it still to my watching it again i think it held up pretty well i mean sydney watched it now modern and she really enjoyed it so that that's one of my litmus tests of whether it's still good today Um, yeah it's it's sort of a a testament to 
um, you know, the, like, how do I say this? It's a testament to how little um, visual effects matter. And that's a kind of crappy thing for me to say. But um, since we have gotten the ability, and I don't even know if that's true, too, because they were certainly using... Uh, you know, stuff like stop motion and things to make bad movies back in the day. Yeah. But too often a movie tries to rest on, tries to get by on, you know, very flashy, very impressive visual effects and spectacle and very light story or music yeah. or um, or score or acting yeah. or any of those things. And, you know, the the best movies have the best of all of the elements but um you know this movie is from what 80 something 80 late late 80s i think it's got to be in there somewhere it's it's Uh, certainly after like star wars and stuff yeah well well after star wars it's it's 1988 so it's getting to a point where the effects that they're using still look pretty good Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, that's true of original Star Wars too. There's no, um, you know, there are no big monsters or anything in, in stop motion to, yeah. um, distract from that. Maybe the, um, oh, the worm on the asteroid, whatever that thing's oh, called. Oh yeah. That thing in Star Wars. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, and, they, and they didn't st- put in like, you know, the, um, the Hoth monster and stuff like that, just because they didn't want it to look too fakey. Type. It didn't them. look they right. They couldn't until... get that kind of ish realism that they want to get. And so they just kind of use it minimally. And this one, they had the, uh, the troll kind of monster thing, which the was troll, the, the dragon, the, like, the two headed, um, the two headed thing. Right. And which is kind of neat that, you know, in these fantasy things back in the eighties and seventies or maybe before they, they still wanted to have a really big, you know, like a dragon or kind of a spectacle thing. And it's mm-hmm. hard to do. And it's, and if you don't do it, you don't do something like that. Like you don't have orcs in it at all or anything. Then you kind of are not fantasy ish. You are, but right, you're more like right. real world dark ages, Elizabethan type stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, they, they put these things in there and, and it was good. That That's the only one that was like, purely stand alfish as a you know claymation type thing um right. but the, but the story was good and the characters were acted really well and it wasn't too corny it had some light-hearted things in it and uh you know willow of good was a great character um mm-hmm. the mad Mardigan was fantastic i still think it's val mm-hmm. kilmer's best role uh, oh i don't i don't know that i i mean better than oh, i don't know Team better Stone than Iceman. Or... I mean, Iceman was fine, but he was just Iceman. Yeah. Right. He didn't I, do much. I think of him as, as Tombstone or as Oh, that Batman okay, yes. All right. Yes, yeah, sorry. The, the, You're right. His, Holiday, his Batman was the one that I saw at just the right, like I was 14 or something. Oh, yeah. He was just a normal Bruce Wayne. But... Yeah. he. I mean, in retrospect, I'm sure that he, you know, was, was fine at best. But fine, I yeah. I had not seen Michael Keaton before. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. Or or probably even really was aware of Adam West, even at the, which yeah. would have been just a completely different. Yeah, no, Doc. I take it back and saying that Doc Holliday was definitely his best. But but he's he's fantastic. This was definitely when he was doing really good stuff, and um, he was he yeah, was he's, great. He did a, a great. He's playing Han Solo. I mean, he, he's Mad yeah, he's definitely playing a Han Solo character. Yeah, for sure. 
Um, and the the dust of broken hearts was was Starkey great. Oh, the brownies, I guess, was another kind of a CGI thing, but it was okay. With um, the little dudes, uh, Billy Crystal, one of those guys. No, I don't think uh, so. I thought it was Kevin like Pollock or something. Kevin Pollock is the other one that I'm. Oh, is that who is? I can't never. T- I'm, I can't ever tell because they're so darn small. But yeah, they're small. They're wearing. I mean, it was it, there was kind of cool things like the whole stuff with Finn Rizal and the, the animals and stuff, and that was neat. Um, uh, Shalindria, the in the wood elf things, the, the brownies and the sprites, and I mean, it was very fantastical. It had all the fantastical things in it, and the world building of you you had Tira Sleen, a whole other country, and these armies that went through with Eric, and you don't know kind of there's it was just felt like a big gigantic world with so much more stuff in it, which is very attractive to you know, a lot of things when you're, you know, fantasy world and stuff. Sure. So yeah. we, we, we didn't get to see a whole lot of things of the world, but we still kind of did. We saw the armies and we heard about the history of what happened to Shalindria and um, Finn Rizel and being exiled. And it's just this really neat story, you know, that has a heart that is Willow at the, at the center of it. So they could have called it anything, but calling it Willow was kind of like referencing the heart and soul of the movie, which was pretty good. Yeah. 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 And it had, um, that those elements you just described of like just getting a little slice of the world felt very um i called it star wars but it's really like george lucas making lord of the rings yeah oh for sure that's that's a good (laughs) way you know a lot of really similar you know he he lives in this village with which is not you know uh, tolkien didn't invent this concept of like a hero from a, a a normal guy from a village yeah. you know, going on a grand adventure. I mean, that's basically what Star Wars is. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Um, just all of these, all of these archetypes, but, you know, all done with its own special kind of, not necessarily, I say Star Wars, but it's a George Lucas kind of flavor of like, you know, you've got some characters that are a little bit like, a little bit like Ewoks or a little bit like the droids. And it's not that they're like those things. They're similar ideas thought up by the same guy. So, of course... Yeah. They're similar. Well, um, when we got done with this, I, I, I said this phrase that I really liked and it, is that, um, you know, I said, Cindy, I said, you know, it's really refreshing to watch a show where you clearly know who the good guys are and you clearly know who the bad guys are. <laughs> and this one's even called Bad Morta, right? Like, it's right. not Bad Morta, but it's really close, right? Right. Yeah. Um, it, and and you have the same thing in Star Wars where the guy's in black, right? And he's, mm-hmm. he's imposing huge dude or picks up people and chokes them to death. And th- I mean, you know who the bad guys are. You know who the yeah. good guys are. And that's it's just a cool adventure to be able to watch that. And so many, I guess I, I've gotten weary so long of shows throughout time have been like, you know, conflicted heroes and conflicted, you know, things, uh, bad guys and so much different things and you know, it's nice to have a paladin in there and an evil <laughs> wizard. You know, yeah, because you know, nice. as you as you get older, if you pay attention to the world and see, you know, reality is seldom that black and white, right? It like, is. It is. You, it totally you have people isn't. fighting on both sides, and you're like, well, yeah, this side supports this, but the other side supports this other thing. It's it's super complicated and and. Right. nuanced and, and, and it's nice to as go a, watch a movie where you don't you can just know what you're getting yeah as a kid or or even as an adult in a you know some every once in a while you want to say can i just can yeah can i spend a couple hours in a place where i don't have to deal with those complexities and go okay yeah clearly these guys are bad let's go wipe them out 
Yeah, they're like trying to murder a baby right off the bat. They're definitely <laughs> right, bad guys. Right. There's, yeah. there's no, 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 you know, confusion about that. Uh, you know, we we like we talked about like the Mandalorian, and the Mandalorian has all sorts of complexities in it, and it's built on that with the mm-hmm. all of the Mandalorian people and characters and, and stuff, and that's fine, that's cool, I, I like it. But this show is notable for stuff like that being very straightforward. And and you're right, showing this to teens, it's a nice that that gets them hooked. So when in the teenage years, your attention span is hardly anything. You know, watching a show that you know what you're doing and you can follow along very easily is is kind of nice. And that's the Harry Potter does the same kind of things. You know, um, you know the bad guys, you know the good guys, and and you're moving forward. So yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I give a big thumbs up to Willow still today, and I would still recommend it to anybody really for a fun little thing, especially teenagers. Yeah, and I mean, I'd agree all the way through twenty even. You know, it's, it's still fun and older <laughs> if you haven't seen it. Uh, moving forward with that, also another kids thing. So, did you get to watch? I didn't actually ask you this. Did you get to watch Soul? I know we were talking about it, but yeah, I watched it with my family. Okay. Uh, a few days ago, it's a new Pixar or Disney Pixar. I don't know. It's on Disney it's, Plus. Yeah, it's a new. It's a new. I'm pretty sure it's it's Pixar and it's it um um uh Doctor. What's his What's his first name? Doctor, you said. Yeah. Don't know. Uh, Peter, Pete, Pete Doctor. Well, I was, I almost I, had I it. I don't know that name. Uh, the director, Pete Doctor, he directed basically all of the best Pixar movies. Oh, okay. Um, I had not, I had not heard his name either. They mentioned him on Geek Scholars, uh, uh last might have been last year, but like Up, Inside Out, Monsters Inc., Wally, The Toy Stories, um. Or at least some of them. Maybe not. Maybe not Toy Story. Uh, I, it's funny. I hadn't actually heard of that guy. I'm have to, no, I'm no. Have story, to story by written, um, written but not directed. That's what's throwing me off. Yeah, Toy Story, Monsters Inc., Wally, Up, Inside Out. Uh, How? Now this this so, is one of those ones that was supposed to have been released on theaters, but then was sure, changed yeah, to course. be because of the the COVID p- pandemic. We watching things release on on Disney Plus instead. And uh, and Pixar, we we talk a lot about you know what what you want to see in which environment. And a little while later, we'll talk about Wonder Woman eighty four, which I think would have been a better experience in a theater. But Pixar kind of falls in a weird middle ground where yeah. the 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 story the stories of these movies at least the good ones are are small right like their their story i mean <laughs> their first movie was about toys and so i don't mean small literally um yeah. they're they're stories about people and emotion like those are not small things yeah. but they're not they're not spectacular things right they're not sure. big flashy on screen but um pixar is famous for just gorgeous visuals yeah and so it's it's this weird sort of middle ground where like we obviously we watched it at home yeah um, dad got a new tv but it's still you know tv in a living room full of people like yeah. it's nothing it doesn't hold a candle to a theater screen yeah um and so i didn't get that sort of spectacular visual experience um but the story is still just the story so um you know you don't you don't miss out on any of that for not having that visual spectacle 
but um you know it would have been a thing to elevate it just that little bit yeah i i don't know if there was anything in soul that that would have been elevated too much by a by the picture, I I think right, and, and yeah, we've talked that's about basically this a what lot. I'm trying to say with all. This. Yeah, I, I think I think, and we've talked about this a lot. There's there's more than a theater than just like a big picture. Um, I I think that part of another two major components besides the the size of the screen is that you are captured one that you you know you have to stay here in this in this dark room, uh, and two the sound that that. Um, people can be talking all they want at the beginning of an Avengers movie. And then as soon as that 8 billion decimal, um, you know, sound comes on and there's explosions, they just are kind of forced to shut up. Sure. Some people will talk in the quiet times, but Mm -hmm. when some, the big actions and things are happening, people can't talk over it in the theater. You know, it's just almost impossible unless they're right up in your ear. Um, and it, and it's just that thing kind of captures you and bring it's the part of bringing you into the experience. And maybe Soul, and I've only watched this obviously at home, like everybody else. Mm-hmm. Uh, that there was the same thing that watching everything at home has. Every op- there's every opportunity to, to to lose interest and move on. Um, I watched this with two nine year olds, which seemed to be the target demographic. <laughs> They're that perfect age, sure. two nine year old girls, and they did watch it all. Uh, they're generally pretty good show watchers. Mm-hmm. the two of them, but both of them got bored and moved on to other little things in the room through a quarter, if not half the show at times. The story is a little bit mature. It is. And that was, you, you, I, I totally I, agree I, with I that. I think it's a, it's a story about, a you know, um, at least middle-aged or approaching middle-aged man, uh, musician and his, uh, you know, he goes to, afterlife and has this experience yeah. with with other souls or or pre-souls there it's kind of abstract i was concerned watching right. this with my parents they're you know fairly old school traditional but they were fine um because it's a little bit like the good place but you know the pixar version so this it's not uh you know it's not as right. rough or or kind of crazy as uh, right and, and now that now that you mention it there's really nothing for anyone that's a kid to identify with in this show. The the number twenty two character is a spoilers if we're into spoiler bell time. It's not there's I'm not really going to spoil anything about this movie, but the character of twenty two is only a cutesy little character for twenty minutes maybe of the movie. Then she's an old middle aged guy again, mm-hmm. right? Like and for the rest of the movie. Yeah, so, I mean the the stuff the stuff to keep the kids going is like the stuff with the cat sure the cat right right which is it's it's interesting like pixar movies have always been at least the best ones um appeal to all ages yeah so to speak um you know you've got a a straightforward kind of flashy silly uh spectacle story for the kids but then uh, you know underlying themes and messages and you know sometimes jokes and like put the um the guy from cheers i forget his name playing a bunch of extra yeah, characters yeah. and and, and making jokes Ratzenberger. uh yeah uh to keep to keep the adults interested um this one seems to be like the most adult leaning oh for sure um, of of the pixar movies that i've seen i've not seen them all but 
Um, I think I have seen yeah. them all, and, and this one is by far seems to be made for people who are over thirty-five, which is <laughs> yeah. weird. I mean, it, is. It, it takes the opposite, as you were just saying. Like, there's other oh, things. There we always say great kids movies. You just said great kids movies have things that also keep the adults entertained. This was like an adult movie that was trying to have kids things that were entertained. It right? was as as far as like emotionally, um, not necessarily challenging, but at least heavy themes. Um, it was up there with Inside Out, if not maybe a little more or a little less, depending on what uh, uh, scale you're grading it on. But yeah. the protagonist in Inside Out, or maybe not the protagonist, because that seems to be maybe Amy Poehler's character. But yeah, I the, the, the girl, the main character, is a young girl. So yeah. you've got that that sort of thing where, you know, I don't know. It was It was easy for me as an adult to watch you know, that story play out and go, yeah, of course you you grow up as a kid and you see things in these like five different colors. And then at some point something happens to you that is a new feeling, right? Yeah. That That's what happens in that movie, the bittersweet feeling. You're like, oh, this is, this is, you know, now I'm feeling feelings. I'm experiencing emotions that are a little too complicated to describe just with words. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 Inside Out's one of my favorite Pixar movies, but um, I I will say I don't know if this is final judgment thing, but just overall my feeling of this movie is it was just okay. Mm. I mean that that that's and I've had people afterwards tell me like they really liked it or they didn't care for it. Uh, not that they hated it; they were just like, yeah, I watched that. Um, mm -hmm. And and my my thought is is that I'm definitely in the I watched that camp. I don't think I'll watch this again. I've watched lots of uh, Pixar movies multiple times. I'm a multiple person viewer, as people know. Mm -hmm. This one, I don't have, there's nothing in here that interests me to watch. There's no, like, nothing in here that really tear jerked me, pulled my heart, which is the only thing that's like it's going for. There was mm -hmm. nothing that was really funny. There was no bits in there that it was like a really cool, unique things that make me want to go back and watch it again. Um, yeah, I just I just didn't ha I didn't have that, ex and I was watching it. Like I said, uh, there was four of us down there, two two kids, and Shelly and I. And Shelly fell asleep in the middle of it because it wasn't that interesting. Mm. And to her, um, I watched it all the way through. The girls were quiet, but they one went over and started playing with the little dollhouse they had in the room, and the other one uh, started reading a book because the book was more interesting than than what she was watching. <laughs> uh, so, and then she came. They both came back at certain times, like like you said, when the cats got on the screen, and they thought that was funny, and there was like a cat action thing, and then, then they started talking about, you know, coming to terms with stuff with that Woody and, um, you know, uh, Buzz would talk about, and you'd all get all teary eyed, and the kids would all get all you know emotional about. But mm -hmm. this, they would start talking, and the kids would just lose interest, you know. Yeah. Uh, so and and I and I watched it and I was like yeah I get it I'm I'm here I'm waiting I'm waiting for the next Pixar moment cuz this part's not that exciting mm -hmm. it, it's not I'm not I'm not trying trying to knock it for people who like it cuz if you like it it's great it's awesome there's nothing bad I just I didn't see for myself I didn't get into emotion and that could have been cuz I watched it at home I I don't know it's hard to tell yeah that is that is hard to tell there is that sort of captive as, as I said at the top not necessarily spectacle but that captive for better or worse, right? Like, yeah, you know, for better or worse. Yeah. To, we've talked at length how you know the theater near me serves beer, and so I often like to pop out, you know, halfway through the movie and get a second beer. Mm -hmm. But and and you know, I'm at the mercy of the screen. You know, I have to 
use the app and pick the best time. And that's just a little chunk of the movie I'm just going to miss. Mm-hmm. Um, where if I'm watching a movie by myself, I can pause it where I want. But of course, the the double edge of that sword is that if I'm watching with a lot of people and suddenly, you know, somebody has to take dogs out or the baby's fussing or whatever, we all have to pause it. But you know, they don't have to miss the movie. So it's this back and forth kind of thing. Yeah. You, um, and you, when you do stuff like that, you have like a scene, it's already a long scene and people decide cause it's long. It takes a break. It makes a long scene longer. Right. Right. For sure. Um, or, or if it's supposed to be a buildup and you have to up to an emotional thing and you pause it, then you've kind of gone back to the bottom of the hill on that emotional journey. And then you're spe- expected to start at the top. Yeah. It, it can sort of, it can sort of break up the, um, the pacing of it which is if why, there is you know, pacing we, or if, if we, that's a thing yeah we have that conversation about intermissions right. for me as far as this movie goes i didn't really um i wasn't really watching the whole room which i probably should have been to see mm-hmm. i know for my youngest sister who's um uh she's just 21 now um mm-hmm. i think toward the end of the movie she was like maybe not sobbing but fully in tears Oh, okay. Well, by that's this good. story, that's um, good. That, that, that's the only person I've heard had emotional reactions. Good I to hear that there was some. I think it had its moments for me, and I've definitely watched shows and had that kind of emotional reaction um, to them. An anime I mentioned uh, yeah. a couple yeah. months ago, uh, "Place Further Than the Universe," about mm-hmm. some girls that go to Antarctica, which is a weird topic, but something about it, the experiences they had, and the emotions that they expressed to one another resonated with me in that way. Um, and so, yeah, this is a, this is a hard one to recommend. I mean, for all the reasons that I said earlier, like, I don't know, um, you know, who would like it and who wouldn't. I'll say my, my sister that I mentioned was the youngest person in the group, except for the baby who is a year old. He's not absorbing anything, um, you know, from a movie. And I, I don't know, like, the reactions were overall pretty positive. So, yeah. you know, I mean, it, a Pixar movie has got to be pretty bad to yeah, you know, yeah. be, there was be nothing bad, bad about this movie, bad Pixar sure. movie. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess at the end of it, my, my recommendation is like, it's, if you like Pixar movies, it's worth watching. And, you know, if you, if you get something out of it, that's, that's awesome. Um, it's a, it's a cool it's a cool story it's kind of challenging it's it's dealing with some some heavy themes uh in the same vein as inside out but maybe not as universally relatable yeah i i i will say that as a guy who's watched many shows on kid centered type things with kids of younger age from you know 4 to to 16 and whatnot many times for many years uh this this fits on just like another TV show. I mean, another, I'm not saying it's a made for Disney show because those can get really corny, but Mm. there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of cartoons that were put out just on, on a a TV or on a streaming thing that are very much in this quality and caliber type stuff. Um, And it it just fits in the middle of that. You know, it's, it's not corny. It's, it's definitely good, but it's not like, Mm -hmm. It's not like Frozen where we're going to watch it a million times, right? I, I can guarantee you the girls that watch it now probably won't ever watch this again. Right. Um, which, which is, that says a lot for Pixar. 
because every Pixar movie I've I've been sometimes forced to watch a million times by every one of those kids that I mentioned. I, mm -hmm. I can't see where all of the kids that I've been with and had and raised and whatever have watched every one of those Pixar movies again and again and again. You know, yeah. you tell them to watch um, Inside Out or something, and they're like, yeah, oh yeah, turn that on. You want to watch Frozen, Frozen 2. You want to watch Wally. You want to watch Cars. You want to watch whatever. They will watch it ad nauseum. Um, and and they I, and I don't think anyone the, the girls that I watch this with would say Soul was bad. I thought they they you tell them the cat and they'd be like, oh yeah, that was really cute. I like that part. Yeah, I think yeah. I mean I and I chalk that up to the story being more adult than Pixar yeah, usually. I agree. Usually I agree does. With that. So moving on to another thing that was released, this one's a different released streaming and now and at theaters was Wonder Woman eighty four that came out. It was mm -hmm. released on Christmas Day. Um, now we watched this two different ways, right? I watched it in the theater and you watched it at home. I Correct? did. Okay. I did. You you did. I wasn't sure if you were you said um you were gonna see, you know, if there was a good opportunity. There was. There was like um one other person in the theater when we watched one one eighty four. Okay. Um it, it was we watched it yesterday, so it was a, a Tuesday, um, at like five or something like that. Some odd time. We did that intentionally. We went there and looked and saw and there was no one hardly there. Walked inside, there was no one inside. We went and asked the lady, like, yeah, I don't even know if anybody's in there. And mm -hmm. then there was, you know, one person and they were all the way up front and we sat near the back. Um, and it was, and it was, you know, uh, and in non-COVID times, we call it a, a prime way to watch a movie, you know, right? Almost the mm -hmm. whole theater to yourself. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that standpoint, it, it was, it was a good experience. Um, but sadly, I don't think that the movie itself was a good experience. <laughs> okay. I wasn't sure, uh, where you were going to land on this. We had a yeah, uh, I, sort of weird slash frustrating uh, week experience because, um, you know, we're, we mention this offhandedly sometimes, but we use Discord for our, for our group chat. And several of our friends, as they were watching it, were kind of reacting in, mm -hmm. um, in group messaging. And not with spoilers, you know, people were tagging their spoilers, but we were still getting their reactions sort of emotional mood reactions yeah. to this which movie. is kind of a spoiler too right it's kind of a spoiler we talked about uh mandalorian last week it took it took me a while to get to watch that finale i had been watching the episodes on my own like almost the night that they are uh, released um and then maybe watching them again with my family just for scheduling um scheduling challenges yeah. and we were close enough to the holidays and everybody was around that they're like oh are we gonna watch that we're gonna watch that and so i didn't want to i didn't really want to watch it without them um yeah. and so it took me a couple days after it was out for people to watch for me to watch and everybody else had watched it and were not giving spoilers you know so yeah. i didn't know um what was going to happen at the end of the episode all i knew is that everybody who watched it was gushing about it like overjoyed oh, really? okay. with so with so how great it was and so i went into it just because i know that if i go into something with those kind of expectations i'll be disappointed and i have a yeah. tendency to to compensate the other way especially after the reactions and all the conversations we've had about rise of skywalker and my mm -hmm. overall mood about star wars sometimes that when those things happened i was like yeah okay that's that's cool but and we i don't want to get into that we talked but it's just an example of those reactions sort of affecting 
yeah, affecting the I, I, mood. And, and it's and, funny because I, I actually, with our friend group and those kind of chats that happened, the first ones that I saw were not. They were of the of the the downcast on it um, stuff. And my immediate snipe back was like, well, you guys must not enjoy fun type stuff. <laughs> um, because they, the, the comments were like stuff about physics and... You know, and it's it's unbelievable on some of the things. And I was like, okay, oh, I got yeah, I got to stop listening here because for this, for I can't this movie. Take the, and yeah, I kept watching. I can't take the cynicism. And I was like, I can't take that. And then I stopped. I cut off any other kind of. So there might. It sounds like there was a lot of other positive gushing reactions afterwards. No, um, not not really. I mean, okay. our our buddy Trotsky watched it, and at least early on, he was having a good time. So you know, so it seems, but that's sort of the way he is like he either enjoys you know a, a movie or doesn't and doesn't yeah. give it much thought after that which is fine yeah, we, it's just not we had we had a before you popped online for our game last night we had a big oh, yeah, long yeah. talk about about the, we we didn't we wanted to talk about when you were because we weren't sure if you had watched it yet right um, i was he, watching he, it he, he did still he were... did still like it but I, yeah. so my my thing is i tried i you know just like you said it's hard to to not block those out and and so i was doing my best to go into this uh you know, eyes wide open, especially I, I had that whole thing of if anything was affecting me, like it is most people here, I think, watching the show is that we haven't watched a big superhero exciting adventure movie this year because of COVID. And we're all starving for anything, something, please help us for fun. Yeah, and it's a weird it's a weird sort of phenomenon because you would think from a certain perspective that like we have not had a, a spectacle superhero movie since Endgame. I don't think. Yeah. Like yeah. unless you count something like Sonic, which doesn't or, or I mean, Tenant, I have heard it's but spectacle, but it. yeah, Tenant I have not seen, but I've heard yeah. only mediocre Bad to things. negative things, and yeah. so that's whatever. But as far as like comic book superhero movies, like or maybe, New Mutants, I guess New Mutants was something, but I didn't watch that. Yeah, movie, I didn't. So. I didn't see that. Um, I don't remember when Shazam came out. Was that after? No, that was before. Game? Definitely before. It was, last it year. was before. Um, yeah. I mean, but. Anyway, it's been it's been all this year. Like the last movie I saw in theaters was Sonic, and we've had nothing all this time. And so, yeah. from a certain perspective, I can see going, you know, watch it and going, you know, it's like like watching it positively and saying, "I'm I'm so glad to finally have anything." Right? Yeah. Like we've I'll, had nothing. I'll take anything we've had nothing for something. all this time. Like that should be. But you also have the sort of flip side of that where you're like, I've been waiting so long to see a superhero. Yeah. And it's, this is a weird thing because we've, you know, we've spent the last 10 years gradually having just a ridiculous abundance of superhero movies, just yeah, too, yeah. too much. A lot of people say, um, but you know, we're at this place where like, we've not seen anything, any star Wars or superheroes or even just your average run of the mill, like, rom-coms that go into theaters like we've had no yeah. theater yeah. you know new movies for almost a year and which that, that may and that may doesn't even does, doubly doesn't seem like that long like a year it's not it's not even a year but i have a hard time remembering march and april sure like it's been a long long year well, well and that, so that all, that all saying had me go into the theater with this idea of you know i have just what you explained about that starving that kind of feeling that of need and and I went and I was able to watch this one in the theater, like I had hoped I was going to be able to, 
And <clears throat> happily, because I actually, a month ago, I thought that I wasn't going to be able to do, I thought it was going to be too much and people were going to come. And mm-hmm. uh, So here I am coming to this thing. And yes, I heard some people have some poo-poo on it type stuff. Um, but that almost made me lean more. All those things stacked it to me wanting to probably have an, a, a likelihood of a good experience. Going wanting to things. enjoy. I kind of, I kind of did the same thing because I right. knew I, I let the, the emotional reactions affect me watching Mandalorian. And I'm like, you know what? All of my, and, and across the spectrum, like friends that I usually agree with friends that I often disagree with, were all having the same kind of like either hard negative reaction to like, just to kind of middling like eh, you know the tone was a little all over the place like not not negative but not positive either like leaning you know trending negative and so to, to, I, to, I, to the mandalorian I, no no for wonder woman oh wonder, so, woman. Yeah, wonder woman yeah yeah and so i i also went into it with a kind of like this is gonna be fine sort of the way that i watched rise of skywalker i'm like this is gonna be what it is, yeah, some things about it are going to be dumb and goofy, but yeah. I'll be okay with that. Right. And, yeah. But so, all that being said, do you it wanna... ended up being not good, so much so that it overrode all those hopeful thoughts and, and chances <laughs> all, that I gave all, it. All of not. those intentions. Um, Do you want to get into spoilers at all? Yeah, or heck yeah. Uh, yeah. We've spent What's a lot spoilers? of time talking in the abstract here. So uh, right. we're going to talk about uh, the new Wonder Woman 1984 uh, from this year. Okay, so I'm going to start off there uh, to, to address Fox's thing. Fox was one of the people who were really downtrodden with our group. He, he writes for uh, LRM Online and does mm-hmm. a lot of movie reviews and game reviews and such anyway. So he, he if he's posted out there, I'm not sure he has for this, uh, or Geek Scholars Movie News, it's probably well established that he's not a fan of this. Um, and I was like, you know... Fox, this is one of those ones that you're just you're being too cynical on. And he was going on about physics and how it was, we're not even going to believe it. It was so unbelievable. And I was really, really eye rolling, but I have to own up. And I did last night to him that everything he said was true. Every single thing I'm on board <laughs> with, with he, he said on there, it was so over the top that it's like wire work that you see wobbling as they go across the, the way. It was mm. just can, can so... You- over you, the top, unbelievable. Can you give me some examples of what you mean when you say that? So when we'll say the opening uh, mall scene, when she comes into the mall, okay. like she will uh, punch somebody and they go flying from the bottom floor of the mall to the top floor of the mall or throw them. Right. Mm-hmm. And it looks like uh, the best way to explain it is when you grab somebody by the hands, they they have a center of gravity. Right. Right. And, and you can pull them, but it's like their feet lifted off the ground before she's even started turning them, right? Okay. And then yeah. as she throws them up, they wobble back and forth like they're hanging from a <laughs> string instead sure. of being thrown by the force of some person, right? Just, it's just, just kind it of so rushed, unnatural. rushed stunts and visual effects. That might be something that I was not as keenly aware of because I oh watch it on a it TV so distracting. kind of at the back of the room. And so everything, oh. everything to me just looked like silly superhero stuff. It didn't look any worse to me than like Christian Bale as Batman just appearing and a guy's tied upside down and he's gone. 
and then he pops and thing and then he's gone or any of the times cap throws the shield and they even make a joke about it in civil war how it doesn't obey the laws of physics and i'm like what you know so i hear that reaction in our chat and i'm like what kind of physics do you want a a superhero movie to follow because this is a fantasy like and that's the whole like like well it it kept going with with the whole like um the lasso the lasso was absurd and and maybe this was because i was in the theater but um, they would, another, we'll take the guy who's been thrown, like Cheetah would throw a guy across the way and she would lasso his foot to catch him from hitting the wall. Mm-hmm. But instead of him like jerking because jerking the lasso, around, you know, jerk stop. grabbed his foot and he reacted, he just pivoted on a wire from his mm-hmm. cinder and his hips and his legs stayed straight. Both of them turned towards the lasso with his hand. It's right. like they put somebody on a wire who was put their hands straight out and their legs straight out. And then they put a rope on his foot and then spin him around like, oh, my God, this is terrible. It does. It <laughs> looks so bad. Yeah. Um, and, and that was that was OK. Well, let's let's just put that up. It's it felt like a 1980 movies made in 1980s. And okay. this is they had this is the technology they had. And so they had to do with it. Right. OK, let, let's take that off. The lines were terrible. The the the. um the acting had nothing to build on because the the script was awful. There was too many things going on. It felt like the first half of the movie. I kept comparing it to um, Spider Man Three. It's like there's different plot lines that none of them I care about mm. with them. And um, I I will say good. I, I told Sydney that I have to say good things if I say bad things. <laughs> uh, good things I did like was that. I thought Gal Gadot was fantastic. I still think she's a great Wonder Woman. She plays mm-hmm. it wonderful. I thought uh, Steve Trevor, Chris Pine was wonderful. They have great chemistry. He is a fantastic actor who did great stuff with every line. They were in a whole different movie themselves. Right. And I actually liked Kristen Wiig. I thought she was pretty good. Her character did really all, well. All of all of her acting was really good. I mean, the and and I think I know where you're going with this. The oddly, after just coming off the finale of The Mandalorian, um. I thought Pedro Pascal was just awful. Just awful. In he this, had, like, had, I'm trying to, th- I'm trying to think of a part. more polite way to say that, but like, he's playing who I think maybe is supposed to be a young Donald Trump archetype uh, in know. the '80s with the hair and the suit and the voice. But I mean, like, that's that's even even before you get into the story and the pacing yeah. and the and the the um the screenplay editing sort of thing. Like this is a two and a half hour movie and it didn't need to, it took so long. Every sequence was so long to get going. Like, you know, the, all of the interactions, the relationships between Diana and Barbara were great, but like all of that just took so long to build, to get to this thing with the wishes. And then this guy, and you're like, what is, what is his plan? Like, I feel he like had, so, we didn't know and it didn't somebody, make any sense. Somebody at some point should know his plan but like from the very first like when he goes to Egypt I'm like why is he didn't he why? just wish oil into all those wells that he owns in the states like why is he made, over here trying to no get more sense. oil like yeah. n- none of that none of that made any sense but and then you know before you even question like how does the thing work cuz that's a that's a thing you can go down a rabbit trail on this sure, I don't sure. know is is too worth at it. I mean, you know, Marvel did this whole thing with these stones that, you know, they do what the story needs them to do for the yeah. most part. But and so you're like 
but at what, least you what are kind the, of understand what are the powers the like of the how can he just become the stone and then you know as they get to this big emotional sort of uh climax pivot where she renounces her wish and sends steve back i'm like all leading up to that like th- there's so much foreshadowing it takes like 20 yeah. minutes of screen time for her to finally do it i'm like right. if that is a thing why can't any of these people do that the people who the wishes backfired on them like uh the 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 guy in in cairo with the wall and like all the like it didn't work out for him it would should be trivially it should be easy for him to it just should say be I take easy back. for them to just renounce like um uh pedro pascal's character's whole like evil scheme seems to be based around screwing people with these deals like giving yeah. them a wish and then taking a you know exacting a horrible price and then you know they're stuck but if the person making the wish can just redact it at any time like what's the what's the problem yeah it, it the they they did not build any weight to it at all like uh what's her name um diana's power her her uh what she paid for is her powers you know, slowly going away. Mm-hmm. It wasn't devastating. She didn't lose all of her powers all at once. So she had this time where everything was good and she slowly started to come where things were bad with everyone else in the movie or except for maybe Cheetah. Um, it was immediately bad. Immediately as soon as bad. you like the guy said, like, I want Bialia to be a, a kingdom again and I want everything. Immediately it was bad for him. There's a and, giant and he wall. He immediately could have said, and, no, I don't, I don't want this. Right. And, Anyone know, else tr- who was like, I had I wanted a farm, but he gave me these animals, and they're terrible for me. He gave me say no. I take my wish back. <laughs> right, right, right. And then you know, there's the there's the escalation problem, which is you know a thing people said about uh, um, Avengers: Infinity War, where it got to a certain point where you know the Russians you could. That's why it's set yeah. in '84. Somebody said that. Like, what was their reason for it to be set in '84? Well, so they could use the easy, obvious MacGuffin of having a not actually Ronald Reagan president and not actually Donald Trump villain. And also the cold war is still happening, but it was terrible. All of those, all of those problems hit a level of escalation where I was like, okay, whatever they're going to do is either going to reverse time or magically everything's going to be fixed because you set a story in the past. Like, yeah, I know that like, the superhero world is not the real real world but right it's supposed to be really close to the real world like yeah. indistinguishable except sometimes the city has a different name or yeah. something and so you can't you know you can't have a nuclear war in the 80s yeah because we watched batman versus superman and they weren't in a nuclear right we've, <laughs> we've seen we've seen batman versus superman and justice league we've seen this character right. Later, that was a, a funny thing I said because my mom watched this with us, and the the movie starts with her as a little girl, and yeah. she's running. And at some point, some Andrew or somebody was confused, like, "What if it's eighty? And I'm like, "No, this is the main story is going to be 1984. This is much much earlier because the first movie yeah. was during World War One. This is much earlier than that when she's a little girl, and because yeah. somebody said something about uh, somebody being dead, and I think. Robin Wright's, Robin character, Wright's character yeah uh, died in the first movie yeah. and uh, I think his mom said uh this is making me nervous when she's doing all the stuff with the horse and the and the trial and I said, <laughs> she's a little I said in the in the rest of the movie she's an adult so she's nothing's gonna happen to her here um, yeah she's fine <laughs> right but yeah the, yeah the, this, I, 
the the stuff the stuff kept kept escalating and um to, to stupid proportions it got it got really dumb yeah and it, something something fox said that i didn't real after i watched it i went back and looked at everything that people had tagged spoilers uh he raised this concern about um steve inhabiting this guy's body which yeah yeah in retrospect which fox could not get over which i i'm with i get it i'm there it's it's one of those things that did not occur to me while i was watching it and so was fine but then once he said it i was like okay i guess sure if you if you think about it but now thinking back on the movie i'm going why was that written that way it didn't need to be why it could it really didn't need to be like so many so okay i can see from a certain perspective going <laughs> the magic in the wishing stone because that's really what it is is wishing stone right. the magic in the wishing stone has to be um has to be plausible or maybe yeah, or at least or subtle like, or something or that, subtle yeah. in a way that like you know magic systems are sometimes this way you're like oh this this and this and the magic made them do that it's something uh right but but surely the, they changed the, writers the, halfway the, through they right? can't be that can't be proven or disproven right so if you believe right. in magic you believe magic did it but if you don't believe you're like yeah that was just you know good luck it was just a um um yeah coincidence but and okay, so you say that it has he like he can't just appear. He can't just magically appear. Except later in the movie, a wall magically appears. A hundred yeah, nukes and, magically and missiles appear, magically appear, and, and then magically, magically disappear appear. at the end. There's <laughs> yeah. no reason at all that um, Steve could not have just magically appeared. Yeah, but Why instead they write him as weird, to be like creepy body snatcher plot. That she where, sleeps with this other guy. And she is, sleeps with this guy, and he tries on a bunch of his clothes in this ridiculous, like, 80s yeah. fashion montage. Which like, I and get. they don't even seem to care. Neither of them. They're both okay no, with it. Com- completely un- unbothered. Man, I mean, I kept I kept waiting for the, oh, look, there's the picture of his, of his wife and kids. And I'm like... <laughs> Right. That was that was really weird and uncalled for, and and I know Fox the whole movie that that disturbed him so much he couldn't get and over then, it. And then she talks to him at the end, right? And when she the talks guy. to him, I, she walked when they walked away, and and now this is going to sound terrible, but my my immediately thought was, huh, she's going to have your babies. Like they had sex, <laughs> and she just smiles at him, like how dare you, right? You know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was, the, and she knows the clothes because she was in his house and having her ghost boyfriend try them all on. Yeah, yeah. That see, and I know a lot of people can say, "Oh, you're just being critical," but it's you know they spend a long time on these scenes, mm-hmm. right? Like the, that whole scene with the end with the it wasn't a, just a little casual. Oh, I see the guy walking across. It's got that funny outfit on. She spent three or four minutes talking to the guy and having talking conversations him, and smiling like and camera lingering on the scarf. So yeah, it, I'll say too we, much. we talked about this with um with Last Jedi and with Rise of Skywalker. Like what what is a nitpick and what is a legitimate like issue with a movie, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh nitpicks in this movie that I heard, you know, other other people watching in the room, she turns the jet invisible. I'm, I'm like fine with that. I was fine. I'm with like, that. that's fine. She said that her father did this. And she tried yeah. it. She did it by accident once. And so, like, yeah. once she used it in this sort of panic, you know, emotionally heightened situation, she yeah. does this thing. 
and yeah. she can only do it once, and that's that, fine. That feels like, nitpicky I, when people didn't like that. Yeah. That's that's what I mean, nitpicky. And yeah. then I liked it. I thought it was fine. They what, were just playing homage to the jet. whether whether or not she can fly. I'm like that, I. I don't know. I never read the comics. I think yeah. in some and of the comics, I, I, she... I, I resolve that for the people who had problems. She can fly. She has flown for many years. That's that's what I thought. Many that's, decades. That's what somebody said, and it. I, you yeah. know, I assume it's a similar kind of thing to how Superman didn't fly when he was first exactly. published. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He he was able to leap tall buildings yeah. in a single bound, and she had to have a, that. She had to have a jet plane. Sure, back she, then she had know. a jet for a while. And now she has both. And I'm like, I'm like, look, if you have a character who is effectively bulletproof, who can do all this crazy stuff with this magic whip lasso and make people tell the truth. And when she slams her bracers together, creates this huge sonic shockwave. Like, she's a demigod. Like, she's literally, (laughs) you know, whatever. I'm like... If you add to that that she can subtly, like, um, make things invisible or fly, not, it's not, not that big just, of a stretch. Just like interact with the with the currents of the wind and whatever in such a way to to keep herself in the air. Like that's that's so low on the list of exactly. things to take issue with. In totally this movie. agree. Yeah, and 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 I and I was fine with that because again because I know that she flies in the comic books and I don't know how that came about. I actually thought it was a kind of interesting way that they they made it come about in this movie so i was okay with that Um, they at least they at least grounded it in some kind of thought um but it was um long again long like they spent Mm -hmm. a long time with her just floating around in the sky forever and and going around through the stuff and while it was beautiful it was just a long time uh they had so much with the jet that was just so long Mm-hmm. Um, them going back and forth, and again, here's a nitpicky thing. Where I'm, I'm labeling this as nitpicky. Um, where that, did they gas up the jet? Where did they gas up the jet? <laughs> why is why does the Smithsonian have historical jets that a any curator of any Smithsonian can just have access to, fully fueled up and ready to go? Mm-hmm. And how the hell does this jet make it from all the way from where DC to Cairo and back? You know, With, without without ever up. fueling up. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's those are nitpicky. Things that yeah. aren't nitpicky is like the entire plot, the entire thing. The, you mentioned the Pedro the Pascal whole thing. Wish thing. I, I'm going to give Pedro Pascal a little bit of credit here. I think that um, Wonder Woman and Steve Trevor and Barbara Minerva's uh, lines in, that they were given are terrible and they're over the top. They're corny. They're way mm-hmm. too long. But the actors were so good at doing them that they made them okay or at least passable. Sure. I just don't think Pedro Pascal had the umph with his terrible lines to, to make them cause they're just awful. And then they go with the part with, they even bringing in his kids to try his kid to make him somewhat sympathetic when the guy was nowhere near sympathetic. Yeah. And like his, his awful. So bad. His interaction with his son at the end is okay. Like it's the closest the movie gets to, at least for me, it was the closest the movie got yeah. to any kind of emotional resonance. Um, it still was very like, man, her, her like five to 10 minute speech to the people of the world was so groan worthy that yeah. I almost got sick in my mouth. It was so, <laughs> so bad. And then, and then they had, 
And then they had the the part where, like, right after that, where everyone looks into the sky to some random person who's randomly talking to you. I think the TV, but we don't really know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and they're like, I give up all the happiness that I was getting, or I give it up, or I renounce my wish. And I'm like, what? I I why? And then why would Barbara Minerva, like the cheetah, why would she give her wish up? Like it made no none of it made any sense, yeah, uh, whatsoever. And then it all comes back, and they're all happy. Um, it's just bad. This is just a bad movie. And uh, our buddy Trotsky, after I talked to him last night, we started at the beginning of this conversation and he talked about, we we said that he liked it and was gushing about it. Um, The perspective you need to realize what he's coming from here, and he still couldn't get past to us, is he firmly believes that it's a comedy. Like, not just kind of a comedy, like the War of Ragnarok's a comedy, but like stand-up sketch comedy. It's yeah, that it's that it's he, all he, he's he's totally wrong. It was the meant to be the whole thing a good is movie. intentionally funny, like it's ping pong summer or yeah. so all of all of that he, stuff. And I'm like him and him and his him and his wife Betsy watched it. I don't know if Betsy maybe Betsy did, but a little bit uh after imbibing some spirits mm-hmm. and they were very in a a happyish kind of mood and where everything they could laugh out loud, funny at the thing. So when they came up to things that were like super bad or corny, they were literally laughing at the screen. Sure. And like, yeah, yeah. Like what? you, you got this, you did it. You, you were so over the top. It's funny. Right. Watching it. Like it's uh like it's Superman three. I could see yes. that. Unfortunately, he did. He said he actually last night, he commented that he said, it's just like Superman three. And, and I, by the way, everyone in that chat disagreed with him. I think Patty Jenkins and the writers they ran on this movie sincerely made this to be another good movie because they did not make Wonder Woman one a Superman three movie. No, and they no. did not and, set out to you, make this one that. And you do not, you, yeah, you don't take the same team that made Wonder Woman the like most highly praised, greatest success of the entire DCEU, and have that team make. Superman three, like yeah, that's not what happened. No, that's I mean that's just at a high level. That's before you even get into this story and go, yeah, you don't have this kind of like, uh, you know, lost love kind of story or this, you know, the the make his son proud of him a thing with Pedro Pascal's character. Like you don't put that stuff in a tug and cheek, uh, like the superhero yeah. parody comedy. Yeah, it it that that was. This was not meant to be funny, right? It, I no, mean, it had some no. funny things, sure, that they meant to be, but there were jokes. Was, but yeah, th- yeah, this this was this was not, and, and 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 I know a lot of people who even listen to our thoughts will say like, oh well, I'll still watch it because again, you're eager for something, and, and I don't blame you, but you know, it's sad for me to say it, this is not a good movie. This I rank this movie. Um, I'm trying to put this where where this would would be. Um, in the the DC movie, you know what? It's better than, but not not by much. The Batman with um, the Riddler with Jim Carrey in it. Oh, like you're you're going like, way back. I'm going way back. Like that. That's a terrible movie that that's, actually that's was Bell meant Kilmer to be we bad, were talking about earlier. But it's it's like you watched. I I still watched that one with the Riddler, and it felt like the people who were writing it had an i. They thought they had an idea, and they thought they were had some good stuff and they were trying for something but it was just terrible and this feels the same way it's like i feel that they were just not good at their jobs and didn't do well and and i will say flat out the direction was awful it was terrible directing in this it's like we have a a shot set up and it was just 
why why would you do that she pushed a little girl into this into this uh teddy bear thing and by the way you can tell that the, the girl's being pulled on a wire type thing on across wire, the, sure, the sure. small floor and then and then she smiles and like gives a thumbs up to wonder woman and wonder woman smiles and winks at her and then you know it's like oh my god and they shot that just like it was a tv show it was so, or uh, from the 80s um, sure sure so yeah so yeah I, I that's if, i mean that's another about this show as being that's another element of like the they they set up at the beginning this you you're supposed to think that she's sort of working from the shadows right like Which she knocks out the not. the cameras and then it's just ignored it's never it's yeah. never addressed anywhere in the plot of this two and a half hour yeah uh, uh, movie so yeah, so I guess down, coming coming not, out of coming it. out of spoilers uh, in, into into final judgments here. Yeah, g- generally uh, pretty big thumbs down. I think last night I probably would have ranked this somewhere around Justice League. I oh, I, I like Justice League a hundred times better. In my, and my I, own, I think I think that's where I'm landing here. So, like in in what we've seen, I don't think I'll ever put anything below Batman vs Superman. But I think I think <laughs> I, I definitely put it below that. This was below, um, it was below Justice League, um, it was below Aquaman, it was way below the first movie, and that's that's the hard like the first movie was so good and is and is so well regarded that it it sets the yeah. expectation high. But even after, as we said earlier, our friends had all these sort of negative reactions, and you and I both went into it you know, kind of expecting those negative reactions and going, yeah, I'm not going to, I'm not going to fall into that cynicism. I'm going to, you know, enjoy this for what it is. It really was just, and it a, still didn't, and it still didn't allow it was us just, to enjoy it. Just that a mess a from, from start to finish. Like for, for DCEU here in the out of spoilers thing, I would, I would put this just for the DCEU movies as the worst DCEU movie that that's out. I, I can't, I cannot think of a worst one. Um, and, and I'm talking about, you know, like Batman versus Superman had some cool scenes with Batman had some cool scenes where Superman did some neat things, you know, and there is, I guess there was just nothing in. If you're, um, if you're giving bonus points for cool action scenes, then yeah, Batman versus Superman I mean, there's bonus points for like, for being this, like but... the superhero action stuff, at least minimum there's that. Right. And, and the acting wasn't so terrible that like there was nobody as bad as Pedro Pascal. In, in Batman versus Superman, the, the Martha scene was was the most groanable thing in the world. But I can put that up to like six different scenes in Wonder Woman and be like, yeah, but look at how bad those are, mm. you know. And 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 I'm not I'm not trying to you know bully up Batman versus Superman or anything. I'm just saying that <laughs> that Wonder Woman was I I can't think of of almost any redeeming qualities of Wonder Woman barring Cheetah because I think that most all of Cheetah's stuff was pretty great. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will say that, um, uh, why am I, Kristen Wiig killed it. She did everything she oh, yeah. could have possibly done with that. She Absolutely. was um, a strong uh, character, great acting, good stuff. And she was beautiful. Like she was just gorgeous on the screen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's hard, it's hard when you're coming up basically against a supermodel and you're trying to pick, <sighs> right, right. as Kristen Wiig says, attractive and sexy, but man, she really knocked it out of the park and was, uh, Diana's equal and all that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And that's leaving it on a positive note. And sure, that's the only positive note of the show. <laughs> I will say. Okay, so moving on across that one, we got a little bit of time here left, and we'll just spend the last like ten minutes, fifteen minutes on. Um, we watched the next episode of The Stand. Yep. Last week. Now, I'll start just by saying this. 
as I have been saying, this is going to be hard to talk about if we talk about this every week because it's a long form show. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and it's still really, it's still really in world building and character introductions. Yeah. I, I, I'm, not, I'm still not at the point here where I would recommend this to our friends or even ask our friends if they're watching this yet, because I think that I would want four or five episodes to be into the belt where they could watch it. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I'm, I'm, I watched the second episode as I watched the first one and I think it was, they were fine and they were good. Um, but they were not like stand out on their own. Amazing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not I mean, bad. I'm not saying they're bad. No, they not, not bad. It's just that not a lot has really happened. And again, yeah. t- you know, from, from the book, the book spends a lot of time introducing yeah. and developing characters before um yeah. before things even really start to happen this this series is doing a time jumping thing we mentioned last week where I'm not, I'm not really a big fan of that so far by the way at least in this episode it, i just was it's was more getting, disjointed getting i feel it. like than it was in the first episode we talked about this it was really clear yeah. Yeah. to me all the time where we were in this one it's sort of like you know we meet we meet Larry and Nadine in arriving in Boulder, right? And so now we already know who is there. We know who is making it there. And, um, you know, we see him meet uh, Heather Graham's character. I can't remember her name from yeah. the book. Yeah. Um, and some of this, because I read it or listened to the audiobook, characters are being introduced and the details are coming back to me. Like, it's a long book. And... Yeah. So I'm, oh, okay, this is going to be, you know, the thing that's this, and he's this character, and he has this song. And I can't tell whether those details are being adequately conveyed in the, in the series, or whether I just know them because I listened to the book last year. I'm like, do you, yeah, I'm, do you I'm, know, is it well enough established that, like, he wrote this song, and it's famous, but... He was sort of a one-hit wonder, and now he's, you know, an addict. And... Yeah, that, that's weird. There's there there's the show what was it an hour long is that what it's is it an hour long at, episode at most yeah yeah and, and is that uh it felt like they they said a lot they they said a lot about this character and larry is where it was right mm-hmm. larry underwood and, and it, but i don't and i don't think that they rushed anything and i don't think they drag anything out it, it was adequate it was fine that's why i'm, I'm giving yeah, it yeah. an okay uh I feel like the, that I'm probably the book could have spent a ton more time on everything, um, but I didn't need it or want more time. Mm. Like if, if I want, I should actually go read the book and I'm sure I'll get all those great things. <laughs> right, right. Same with the guy that's in uh, like the bad guy that's in the, um, the prison, right? Like they're, they're, I'm sure there's so much more, but they gave me a good amount. Um, yeah. And, what? You know, I, it, it was, it was fine. It was good. I recognized uh, but, his name and now I don't, I don't. Yeah, he's like he's like the right hand man, the first lieutenant of of the bad guy. Of um, yeah, but he so anyway, I will say even after episode two, I'm I'm got a little bit of worry of what what in the past I've called the lost syndrome, and and by that I don't mean like you know crazy good start, terrible ending. Mm. What I mean is that for the first two seasons of Lost, for those of us who stuck with it, you know, uh, religiously. You started to get a lot of fatigue that every week was the who's the character they're going to talk about this week. Oh, you know? and it's, oh, and it's not see. actually watching the movie. We're just watching, you know, episodes of people's lives. This 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 week on this person's life. Mm-hmm. And when you kind of want, 
I kind of want to, things to happen. I want the story to start, right? And all we're, we're not even getting hardly anything of the story. We're just watching people. And it's, I know that's how the book is. It's and, almost. And I'm still with it, but yeah, man, it's, I, don't it's, want, I don't want five weeks of it's just hard background. Yeah. And it's hard. It's hard to adapt because that's exactly how the book is. You spend a lot of time following just one character for the whole. Yeah. And in a, and in a book, that's fine. But the show is also, it's, it's giving us abridged versions of these characters. Yeah. Uh, sort of introduction and journey. Yeah. And then yeah. either before or after jumping us ahead to the, the, sort of final chapters of the yeah. story and so you're like okay well i know now i know that he gets there and when he's there he's with um you know Nadine, but not Heather Nadine, Graham's character. but not um yeah Heather not Graham's character not Heather Graham's character and so you're like how how is that gonna happen it's like uh the show is almost spoiling itself it is, and and it has some of it. I will say this: I'm not terribly interested in knowing, and maybe maybe that's something that the book has done better so far. That we're just two episodes in, mm-hmm. but I know that there, the question of how did he get there with with Nadine and not this other girl, and and where did they get this little boy? I am not interested in any of that. Like I don't care. <laughs> like he's fine. I just heard his story. He's there. He's going to travel to uh, Boulder. Right. And he's going to make it. Um, I'll tell you what this episode gave me real strong vibes. It gave me strong Walking Dead vibes. Mm. Like like of just kind of human tragedy, tragedy, people being terrible. I mean, it and, makes and it sense. I'm sure city. that I'm sure that the book inspired The Walking Dead. I'm, I'm certain it is. So. You know? um, and and th- that's the only thing I kept thinking about the whole the whole time. When people were dying from Captain Trips, I just kept thinking every single time they died or they were with somebody that was dead. I was like, guys, you should be. This is nothing. They could be zombies. They could be like you could be in. It would be worse <laughs> if they were in that jail cell and the guy came back from the dead was a zombie. Right. right. I've seen all of this because I've watched The Walking Dead. Right. Everything is not is is not a big deal to me anymore. Sure. Um, so and, and I know it was made before that and everything, but we're watching this today and we're supposed right. to be fun. Right. So. Anyway, I'm not saying anything's bad. It's just very long form. Um, I'm. It was okay and it was good. There was nothing bad, nothing good. We're just spending a lot of time with one character and we're moving on to next week to hopefully not another character and then another character and another character. Um, if that's the case, then maybe this isn't something we should talk week, week to week and you should talk from like mid-series to... Mid-series. You know, mid-series. I, I do feel like we're close to having most of the major players by now like there are a lot of characters but it's really just a handful that we that we see and i don't know i'm sort of i'm I know sort there's of like trash can man right? there's trash that's, that's can man he's from. important and yeah. we've still not really met uh uh mother abigail which well and and is, is I'm really where next the week story the guy that does the m-o-o-n guy right yeah um not you know, the, you know what I'm talking about. The, yeah, I, whew, he was played by the, the he was played by the guy that plays Patrick Starr, who does the voice of Patrick Starr, and he walks with the guy that was played by Rob Lowe in the in the original The Stand miniseries. Okay, that's um, uh, so the, uh, Tom Cullen is that character's name. I yeah, believe. so they're gonna they're gonna have another week of new people that are going to be doing backstories there at least. Um, sure. 
so we've we've got more of the same happening with the stand. And we knew this. We talked about this when we started. This was what it's going to be. We know how it is. Um, but this is already starting to feel like not a week-to-week -week show that people should watch. This may be best binged, at least in half doses. Possibly, yeah. You know, the, the miniseries, as we discussed last week, was like every day for a, for a week or so, right? Mm -hmm. um, so you could, you could uh, watch an hour, take a, a day break, and then come back the next hour for the next day. This is watch one show, feel like, eh, that was okay, and then not watch it for another week. All right? Yeah. Uh, and, and maybe, and I have a feeling when I watch all four with four hours long, it'll be like, okay, cool, that was cool. You know, now take a break. <laughs> come back tomorrow. Uh, so, yeah, this, the stand feels like it's just, it's just coming along. It's just again. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to the main story. You know, I think I kind of felt that way about the original miniseries was that I, I kept having this feeling of like, when are things going to happen? Yeah. And, and my recollection from the book is that it really is a lot of slow, subtle character stuff, which is fairly typical Stephen yeah. King. Although in the, in the more thriller kind of books that he's written, um, there is more, more stuff does happen eventually, but I feel like, you know, I read Pet Cemetery, and mm -hmm. yeah, they take a dead cat in there and it comes back from the dead. This is spoilers for Pet Cemetery, I guess. Um, and then toward the end, they take a person up there and the person comes back from the dead. But the cat was kind of a monster when it came back to life. And so, of course, so was the person. And I think the yeah. protagonist guy has to kill it. It's his wife or something. It's been a long time since I read that book. And so like that, I just told you what happened and it took me seven seconds, but <laughs> it's an entire book. And a lot of it is just in this guy's head. He's remembering his wife and conversation he had with his father-in-law where he tried yeah. to write him a blank check to leave his daughter alone. And his wife had a sister who had MS or something and, and died right, as right. a teenager. And, this sort of traumatic experience and how did that affect her right. and this conversation he had with his neighbor, like the whole book is oh, all yeah, in this yeah. guy's head, just circling around and around. That's a hard thing to, to put to screen. And I know they've made a movie about that story. I've never watched any of them, but um, yeah, a similar sort of thing here, like stuff happens, but it's not, it's not a lot of like big, you know, heroic battles or anything like that. It's a much more, uh, character-centric story also with these weird sort of supernatural themes which yeah the the the, the post-apocalyptic supernatural stuff is, like is, is spiritual hard not, themes another reason it's it's hard not to uh compare it to the walking dead walking is because dead. the walking dead also did the exact same thing right is that for its first like season or two it, it just was like how did rick get here okay how did glenn get here mm -hmm. okay how did daryl get here right and and of course when they had people die around them, they turned into scary zombies and there was a thing that happened. And, and this one, it's they, you know, just die. Right. And, uh, so, it, it's you know, when, when he's walking around New York City, um, yeah, there's people that's, that's coming that are around there that are bad. But, you know, there's no zombies coming out of the side of the, the, the stuff. <laughs> at him. And I know that's stupid to say, but it's hard not to just think of that. Yeah. When that's, yeah. That's I been get... the biggest post-apocalyptic thing in our pop culture. So. Sure, sure. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, well I, I, sound, I know it sounds like I'm being down on the stand. I don't, I don't mean to. I know just my 
feeling coming out of this last episode was like, yeah, that's okay. I mean, it's just another another thing. We're we're meeting yeah. characters. It's moving pretty slowly still, but uh, yeah, we'll keep watching and we'll see. Yeah, yeah, we'll watch the whole thing for sure. All right, do we do we have it? We haven't really talked about. It. Do we have a show? And I, I know we've got this, the ending of Discovery coming up. Is that how many more episodes we got of that thing? Oh, still? not we, more, not too many more. I'm at least one episode behind. So so we'll have to. Maybe we'll talk about that next weekend if it ends. I can't remember if that's going to end or not here soon. Uh, but, yeah. Man, there was a movie I was going to want to have you watch uh, that you just mentioned. Um, oh, Legend. Uh, man, that would be a weird one. That would be a weird one. To I'd like to get your opinion on. It's hard because you, you already know my opinion that I like it so much. Mm. Um, but because, how do, how do I say this? on the air uh it it feels like it's very very visually religious like okay. i don't mean like it's telling you religious themes but it takes every thing in revelations of what satan looks like and mm. puts it on screen in full view interesting right? and i know that when i was a kid i think i saw this um and my mom knew about it, but man, this just feels like a thing that if my mom saw this, she would have, she would have lost her mind and thought that the, <laughs> you know, Hollywood and the devil were going to kind of try to corrupt me. Um, so if we, d if we did ever watch this movie, you would have to watch it in your room and make sure that the door was closed and your parents couldn't walk by. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's, that's funny. It's, it's, it's fantastic in that way though. I mean, that's part of the thing that makes it so incredibly good. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'll, I'll get to watch that here sometime soon all right um yeah i didn't i didn't really think about challenge things to watch because of our schedule we actually will be recording again pretty soon yeah um, so we got we have to chalk up some things to watch or, or or to talk about next time before we we get through yeah um gotta got catch up on that discovery i think i think i'm pretty close on to it or or, am I, or should i call it the uss michael Burnham show yeah, yeah, that's even, the, even that show was gonna. Even I'm gonna not that excited up. to watch that show. And <laughs> I, I thought they were gonna lighten up on the Michael Burnham this season, at least was, a little bit on some really, of the episodes. I was really hoping they have really doubled down on that character. Yeah. Um, is there a new? I've not watched any more Lovecraft Country. I don't know if that's a thing that I would. I gotta watch Letterkenny. People are telling me that it's pretty great. I mean, I've seen the first three seasons and I love it, but. Yeah, there's, a, back to there's a new a new season came out a couple days ago. They do a thing where they release the whole season all at once. It's on Hulu now. Um, and I am still trying to watch Vikings. I, I mentioned that one. Oh, so yeah, yeah. I've not watched that. it since last time we talked, but um, yeah. Let's see. What else have we got? Um, oh, I always start watching a movie. You know what is interesting? I wonder if we should watch Chef. It's a, a movie. Like, the movie? I've seen that. Yeah. I've, with you, you've seen it? Okay, um, I'm watching that. I started watching. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. Um, they also did the show, a sort of spinoff show. It's not, uh, you know, the show is not fiction like the movie. Is. Oh, okay, yeah. But right. uh, yeah, John Favreau and um, John Logazamo. Yeah, there is. Um, oh, it's January. New things are starting to come out. Uh, the new. Uh, the new Transformers thing came out. I know you weren't Transformers. I'm just, I'm just citing things that I've <laughs> that I know were new on 
on Netflix that are coming. So I'll be watching that new Transformers thing for anyone else that are watching. Um, Chef, I'll watch this week. I watched some of, I know you're an anime fan, so maybe you should catch a couple, like two episodes of that new X-Men anime that's on Netflix. It's not new, but it's, mm. it's, it's, it's not, like, it's not the anime. one like from the eighties. No, no, not or that's, that's actually from new. the nineties. This this is like two thousand eleven, maybe, and okay, it was made for Japan. But I, uh, I am planning to start watching, uh, the those CGI Star Wars kid shows. Um, is, oh, the yeah, Clone oh, yeah. Wars. We, we said that. Did we ever like Clone Wars list? first? And I looked online and I found a couple of lists. Um. The one of them, Rebels, is a little strange because they have the seasons start with these two-parters that aren't in the normal episode numbering. I don't know. That was weird. But yeah, uh, I'll check those out. I think Clone Wars is first. Yep. And it's yep. and it starts with a movie. Oh, yes. But the movie's weird. Okay, that's the cool. Mo- that's weird. They put that movie in there. Um Yeah. So the we're wrapping up on our time here. I, I will leave with this part as you watch the movie. Um, when you guys are watching this, and you too, Dennis, um, the the initial movie was what it was, was we hadn't had uh, Star Wars in a long time, and we had had The Phantom Menace, right? That was the thing that came out. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was obviously not well-received. Um, right. And The Clone Wars were coming out. I can't remember this. This was out before The Clone Wars, the show. Attack of the, the Clones, you mean? Attack of the Clones, right. Yeah, Attack of the Clones, sorry. I can't remember if this was after or before. Um, but George Lucas put on TV sh- like these three-minute shorts, or maybe they were five-minute shorts. And mm-hmm. they were on the Cartoon Network only. And it was so weird because we had never had Star Wars on TV except for the Christmas <laughs> the holiday, holiday special. Right. right. So we're like, oh, my gosh, Star Wars on TV that I can watch. And we got the character network. But what was really weird was that it was like at 7.55 p.m. was when the show started. Like, that's so weird. Mm. Um, and then it came on and it was five minutes and then that was it. And it was a little short, complete show. Um, and that's all. And then you watch them all and they all take place. They're all centered around clone troopers mm-hmm. and they're kind of anime stylish. And you put them all together. They've compiled them all together into a movie, which it, it can't be in like a movie. It's got to be like 30 minutes total, I think, maybe. Um, but it does set up that then it was so well received and so good. I really like it that they that they gave them the go ahead and green light to make the Clone Wars show. Mm. Uh, because it, it, it was so good. And it makes it makes clone troopers actually pretty darn cool, which is something that you don't. You know, if you watch Attack of the Clones and don't, you're like, don't quite okay. expect, yeah, 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 you might expect. So, anyway, yeah, this it's weird. It's weird they start with that movie. By the way, that that movie, air quotes, has nothing to do with any of the show or anything else. It's just like cool clone trooper stuff, which is okay. Right on. All right, I think it's good. We got this. All right, you have been listening to the Front Porch. This is episode one hundred and seventy-five. Thanks always to our friends at Geek Scholars Movie News and LRM Online. Um, there's no new episode of Klingons and Dragons. I've got that in the queue, probably after the holidays, but we're down to our last uh, play session there. So uh, probably have to schedule some time to get playing that again. Um, yeah. If That's you exciting. have questions, comments, feedback, 
suggestions for things we should watch new or old um maybe uh, uh grievous omissions from the 100 movies bucket list or some new netflix thing we don't know about uh, you can hit us up via email that address is frontporchpod at gmail.com or use the contact forms on our website that address there is frontporchpodcast.com if you enjoy the show please consider subscribing on all the places as always thanks so much for joining us until next time i'm dennis and i'm michael for the front porch Hi, everybody. See you next time.